Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email to amen at theexchangechurchhouston.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at theexchangechurchhouston.com. Doing this will help us to bless others and bring messages to you each week. Today's message is from our executive pastor, Pastor Kevin Keltz. In this message, you will be encouraged and challenged as you understand that God has made all things available by grace, but now it's time for us to bring those things into our lives by faith. The, the Lord took me to a passage as I was, as I was studying, and uh, it's in Mark chapter 10. If you brought your Bibles, go ahead and get those out. If you didn't, uh, you can go ahead and stand this morning for the reading of the Word, and, and uh, we're going to read right here in an awesome story, awesome story that I believe is going to be a little blueprint for us moving from this last day, 2017, into 2018. And so um, you look up on the Sky Bible, the Word of God says this in verse 46, now they, who's they? They is Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus and his posse, his boys, they, they come, it says, to Jericho, period. As they went out of Jericho. What? It says they came to Jericho, period, and then nothing happened. So they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, he wasn't even allowed in Jericho, in the, in the, the city walls. It says that he was outside. He sat by the road begging, verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, hey, have mercy on me. Then many warned him, hey, hey, hey shh, 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 be quiet. Hey, Bartimaeus, shh, shh. But, but he didn't listen to them. It says that he cried out all the more, Son of David, hey, hey, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus kept walking and he completely ignored this fool. Is that what it says? No, it says Jesus stopped. It says he stood still and he commanded him, bring him to me. Bring, bring that man to me. And it says this, that all of a sudden the people looked at him and said, hey, 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 nah. they, were, they were shushing him all of a sudden. Hey, hey, buddy, be of good cheer. Rise, he's calling you. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment. So it says he rose, so he was, he was sitting down. He got up and he threw aside his garment and he came to Jesus. So Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus looked at this man and said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way for your pastor's faith has made you whole. Is that what it says? Your spouse's faith is here today and has made you well. Is that what it says? No, it says your faith. Everybody say your faith. Come on, say your faith. Your faith has made you well, and immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus on the road. My assignment comes from this story today, and the title of my message is, I Refuse to Stay Here. Please bow your heads and let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for the power 
of your word. And Lord, I just want to tell you that I love you and I thank you for the ability that you've given me to preach and to teach. I thank you for giving me an opportunity this morning to have entrance into the hearts and the souls of your people. Lord, I believe that you sent me here with a specific assignment and I ask that you would use my mouth this morning as your instrument to be able to do your will. Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you would help me unpackage and deliver the prophetic word of the Lord. And I pray that each one of us would make a decision right now to open the eyes and the ears of our hearts. Lord, our prayer is nothing less than transformation. Lord, we want to be transformed this morning by the renewing of our minds. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would release something inside of us that would cause an eternal response. And we ask this this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 You can be seated. So several years ago, I was in a conversation with a man of God that I really look up to. And, and so I was just hanging on his every word. I, I, I just really felt like God was going to speak something through him to me. And all of a sudden, he said something. And when he said it, at first, I'm just going to be honest with you, it offended me. Now, I know all of you guys are super spiritual, and y'all are really close to God. Y'all have never had uh, something happen like that before. Every time God speaks something to you, you hear that truth, and you say, yes, sir, God. You jump at the chance, right? That's, that's not really how it always works out. I've, I have found out in my experience that most of the time, when you first hear truth, it upsets you before it liberates you. And so this is what happened. This man, he, he makes a statement, and, and this is what he said. He said, life will never give you what you deserve. Life will only give you what you demand. Life will never, he said, Kevin, life will never give you what you deserve. Life will only give you what you demand. And this, this offended me at first. And, and, and I, I started to think about it, and, and something inside of my spirit said, you need to write that down, you need to visit that later. You need to put that in a note, and you need to go and you need to meditate on this. And so I did. And for weeks, it was something I kept going back to, and I was just like, God, why, why did that offend me? What, what was he saying? I mean, I look up to this guy. Why did he say something that I'm not necessarily sure that's true? And, and then in praying about it and, and, and meditating on this, all of a sudden something clicked. And God spoke to me and said, Kevin, this man was trying to get a spiritual truth to you. And this is what that spiritual truth is. You see, through... The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God, heaven, has now made all things available to us. Everybody say available. All things, all things are available to us. You can go and read in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, and the Word of God says this, that God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not withhold him also freely give us all things? Everybody say all things. So what's that saying? It's saying God, who didn't hold his son back, he's not holding anything back from us now. He's already made a way to give us all things. All things are now accessible to us. They're available to us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So what is the scripture just told us? It says that he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. 
He's not holding anything back. He's already made all things available to us. But here's the thing. Until you and I start to make a demand by faith, everybody say faith. Until we start to make a demand by faith on what heaven has already made available, we'll never receive or walk in all of those things. Just because they're available doesn't mean that you're operating in them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can we just be real today? Can, can we just be honest and say, when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, all of a sudden, your life that day didn't turn in through, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips every day, and you just lived a perfect life, and you walked in all spiritual blessings, and that's what it's looked like. In fact, for a lot of people, once they gave their life to God, it just got harder. It seems like things got worse, Right? Although all things were available to you, we weren't walking in those things. You see, I found that you can be saved and on your way to heaven, but live a life that seems like you're walking through hell on on this earth until you get to heaven. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, this this is the truth. Because things are available doesn't mean we're walking in those things. That's why this guy said, life will never give you what you deserve. You're not going to walk in everything that's available to you. It's only going to give you what you demand. You have to make a demand through faith. You see, after salvation, there has to come a point where you and I start to mature and start to understand now how the kingdom of God works and and where we start to understand how to be able to move things out of an invisible realm into the natural realm so that people can look at our lives and see the evidence of God our Father on this earth. And this all started to click for me as I began to realize that the Bible says that by grace, everybody say by grace. By grace grace we're saved, but it's through faith. Right? By grace everything has been available, but it's through faith that you start to make it a possible thing. In other words, grace makes it available, faith makes it possible. And I hope you realize today that God is never going to give you a life where faith is not necessary. You'll never become so spiritual and so, so super smart that you don't have to operate by faith. So what that means is this. The places in my life, maybe think about your life in 2017 where you stopped living by faith are the places in your life that begin to decline in the possibilities that God has already made available to you But you're not walking in those things. See, this last year, if you lived a life where you never stepped out in faith and made a demand on your faith to live in the privileges that God has for you, what happens is you start to live in a lower level than what God has for you. Although you're saved, although although everything is available, you're not walking in those things. And I hear God saying that it's time for us, come on church, to stand up and say the life that I had in 2017 ain't all there is. It ain't all that there is is available. You know, God has something more for me in 2018. I'm ready to step out. I'm ready to make a demand by faith. I refuse to stay here. I refuse to stay where I'm at. Look at your neighbor and say, I refuse to stay here. See, as I was praying about this message last week, God told me to tell you this. That there are some things in 2017 that God was preparing you for. See, in 2017, God was preparing you 
for what he has already prepared for you in 2018. Well, Pastor, why, why was 2017 so hard? There were some things that I was believing for. There was things that I didn't see manifested. See, is you weren't prepared for those things. Does that make sense? See, there's some things that I was believing for. There were some things that I was praying for that I didn't see manifest in 2017. And God started to speak to me and say, there are those things that I've already now prepared for you in 2018, but you weren't ready for them. So I use 2017 as a preparation year to get you ready for what you're going to step in, in into the new year. And I don't know about you, but that, that gets me excited. And, and here's the thing. The reason is because God doesn't want us to arrive at a destination that we can't occupy. God doesn't desire for us to go and visit our promise. He wants us to go and possess the promise. Come on, somebody. Help me preach today. He wants us to get to that place and be able to, to live there. Now, preparation process and, and how long that takes is not up to God. It's up to you and I. Are we going to get it? Are we going to have ears to hear? Are we going to listen? Are we going to mature? That, that time is up for us. So if you're here today and you look at the last year of your life and you look at 2017 and you're like, man, I don't feel like 2017 was all the year that it was supposed to be. It was hard. But you know what? I, I just, uh, it's kind of like 2016. I just tolerated. Everybody say tolerate. tolerate. I can tell you that 2018 might be the same for you if you continue to tolerate, because listen, write this down. You never change what you're willing to tolerate. L listen to me. As long as you're content being a renter, you'll never be an owner. As long as you're content to live in debt, you're always going to be in debt. You'll never be debt free. As long as you're content to be selfish, you're never going to have a happy marriage. As long as you're content to be wishy-washy, half in and half out, you're never going to mature. So it's time for us to take stock this morning. You see, as long as we're willing to tolerate the life that we live in, the marriage that we're at, the place in life that we're in, you'll never move forward into, into what God has already made available. It's available to you. He's not holding anything back. Listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, The promises of God are what? Yes and what? Amen. The promises of God are yes and amen. In other words, God's not holding anything back from you. He's not saying, you know, if you just be a better person, I'll finally open up some things to you. No, no, no. It's all available. I already said this, but in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, I'll paraphrase it for you. If God wouldn't withhold his own son from us, why would he withhold all things from us, right? Listen to this. Psalms 84, verse 11 says this. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So we need to know that the things that we need and the things that we're praying for, they're available to us. What we need to recognize is going into 2018 is that life is not going to give you what deserve. It's only going to give you what you demand. What you step out in faith in. See, I want you to look at this passage that we started out this morning in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Because in this story, the Bible says that Jesus and his entourage came to the city. They came to Jericho, period. Everybody say period. period. The very next thing that it says after Jesus and his entourage came to Jericho, it says, and as he went out of Jericho. And I'm like, wait a minute. What are you, what are you talking about? Let's think about this for a second. This is Jesus. 
This is the mind fixer, the heart regulator, the miracle worker, the one who has the keys to open doors that no man can lock. It's him who has his own entourage. The Bible says, and he came to Jericho, period. And the Holy Spirit is taking notes and he starts to write through Mark and he says, and so nothing happened there and they went on to out of town. And I'm like, whoa, 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 just a second. What do you mean nothing happened in Jericho when Jesus and his entourage came there? What do you mean nothing happened? You mean, you mean nothing happened? Nothing happened. There, there's, there's nothing. There's no notes to take. I don't, I don't know about you, but I think that there had to be people in this city of Jericho that had some needs. Right? I mean, when you think about it, there had to be some sick people there. There had to be some bound people there. There had to be some people in poverty. There had to be some people in Jericho that needed a breakthrough. Am I right? And Jesus is constantly, as you go throughout the scripture, you see him going to a town, doing miracles, setting captives free, healing the blind, raising the dead. He's doing all this stuff, and it says that he comes to Jericho. Nothing happened. Oh, Jesus came to your town? Yeah, what happened? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? Nothing happened. He came and then he left. But when he went to the other town, he came and he raised people and he he preached and he spit on a guy's eye and he was able to see and all this great thing. He, He came to Jericho. What happened? Nothing. Have you ever seen that before? When you're reading that scripture? And I'm like, why? Why did nothing happen? Years ago, does anybody know who Bishop T.D. Jakes is? I love Bishop T.D. Jakes, an awesome man of God, a hero in the faith that I've looked up to for years and years. I was at a pastor's conference one time, and he said something, and it shocked me when he said it, because he said this. He said, when I go to minister at a conference or at a church, he said, and God starts to move in an awesome way. He starts to bring healing and, and deliverance to people. He says, it's not because of my anointing. And I'm like, I've always thought if we could just get Bishop T.D. Jakes to come to our church, something would happen, you know? (laughs) Like, he's got this awesome anointing, and he's just so powerful and so awesome. He says, it's not because of my anointing. He said, too often people are so concerned with who's up on the platform. He said, "This this is what he said. He said, when God moves in a great way, it's not because of my anointing. It's because of how hungry the people are. He says, it's because of the faith of the people, the way they place a demand through faith. And the Bible says that Jesus came to Jericho and nothing happened, and so he went out of Jericho. Nothing happened because people didn't have faith there. You see, everything was available. The healings were available. Could Jesus do healings there? Absolutely. He did it at the last place. But listen, nobody used their faith. There was no faith in Jericho, but hey, the story doesn't stop there. It says right outside of Jericho, there was a guy, and his name was Bartimaeus. Everybody called him blind Bartimaeus. And we pick up the story, and it says this, that when he heard. If you have your Bibles today, if you have it on an app this morning, if you could just double click on the he heard, or maybe you have your own Bible and you use highlighter, I want you to highlight that word this morning, those two words, he heard, because it's so important. Look at your neighbor and say, he heard. Come on, say it again, he heard. The reason it's so important is because of this, your ability to move, listen to this, If you want to go from where you're at in 2017 to a new dimension in 2018, to a new dimension 
your ability to move is always limited by what you're hearing. Let me put it another way. Your life will always mirror what you're listening to. And the reason is, is because God rides on sound. And, and you think about it, it, sometimes you think it really doesn't matter what I'm listening to or who I'm listening to. And if you believe that, that's why your 2017 didn't do very much, okay? That's why you didn't move very, very forward. That, you know, it, 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 the sound is important because in the kingdom of God, God shows us that sound always precedes manifestation. This is something that we need to know. And it's something that we as a staff believe that it's so important. That's why we bring prophetic voices like uh, Bishop uh, Jamie and we bring uh, Pastor Todd Turnbow and his wife Trish, we bring them in as, as prophetic voices to our churches because we know that there's something about that prophetic sound. So you read in your Bible, you know, and you can go read about John, and the, John the Baptist. In John chapter 1 verse 23 it says, he said this, John the Baptist said, I am the voice of one crying in the what? In the wilderness. Everybody say in the wilderness. Make straight the path of the war. Why did he say wilderness? It's because he's quoting Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3 that says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Listen to this. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain shall be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth so that the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. In other words, what he's saying is that when God releases a sound, when God speaks into barren, empty, unproductive, unfruitful situations and things, his word, his sound, come on somebody, has the ability now to make those things rearrange themselves so that all of a sudden, they prepare a highway for the glory of God to come into somebody's life. There's something powerful about a sound. Why? It's because God rides on sound. I'll show you another passage in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, then God released a sound. What was the sound? What was the sound? It was, let there be light, and the Bible says, and there was light. You see, sound precedes manifestation. So my question to you is, what sound have you been listening to lately? Whose report, whose advice have you been listening to lately? Are they from God? Is, it, is, it, is that what you've been listening to? Is it coming from somewhere else? You see, Barimaeus says, I may not be able to see, but I sure can hear. Come on, read the story. You don't have to see if you can hear, because if you can hear it, then eventually you can see it. Why? Because words create pictures. If I say to you right now, don't think about a pink elephant, what just went through your mind? Why? It's because sound creates things. It's because words create images. There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 18, and there's a prophet, Elijah. He's up on the mountain. He's praying for rain. They've been in a drought, right? And he calls his servant to him, and he says, Go to the top of the mountain and come back and report to me what you see. And the, the, the servant comes back and says, I don't, I don't see anything. And the prophet says, No, I've been praying. I want you to go, and I want you to do it again, and come back and report to me what you see. And he comes back, and he's kind of frustrated, and he says, I don't think your prayer's working, man. I've been two times and I still don't see anything. 
He says, go back again. And he goes back again, and he comes back a third time. And he goes, seriously, I don't know if you want to send me, because I don't see anything. Why do you keep sending me? And what did he say? He says, it's because I hear the sound. Come on. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And if I can hear it, we're going to see it. So I want you to go. Six times he sent him and six times he came back. And he says, I don't believe it's working. He says, I want you to go one more time because I hear a sound of the abundance of rain. And how many know that seventh time when he came back, he says, I see. Come on. Come on. You could hear it and now I see it. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand and it's rising. Come on. I'm telling you, sound is important. What report are you listening to? Who have you been listening to? For you to move forward in 2018, I'm telling you that you need to start to hear from the Spirit of God. Because something happens in the Scripture, and I don't know if you pick up on it, but Bartimaeus says that when he heard, everybody say he heard, he heard Jesus was coming. Remember, he's blind. He's sitting down. They won't even let him in the city. And he hears that Jesus is coming. And he cries out. He says, Jesus! Son of David! Stop. Up to this point, son of David, he's not been called that. You see, blind people weren't even allowed in the synagogue back then by law. But there was something, he, he wasn't just hearing a report that some guy with miracles was coming. No, 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 no. He heard something in his spirit. And he said, this isn't just the guy that comes and, and brings healing. This isn't just the guy that comes into a town and raises people from the dead. No, 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 no. This is the one that the prophets talked about. This is the one who we have believed, who would come and sit on the throne of David. This is the King of kings, and this is the Lord of lords. This is the answer, Jesus, Son of David. What are you listening to? See, there has to see, be something inside of your spirit. You can't just listen with your natural ears all the time and react Maybe that's what you did in 2017 and that's what you've got to show for it now in your relationships and in your life. And that's why you're thinking, I don't even want to start New Year's resolutions or talking about 2018. I'm so beat down with all this stuff. I'm telling you, there's a sound here this morning. There's a sound in the spirit. And if you open up your ears, you'll hear a sound from heaven saying where you're at ain't all it, ain't all that there is. It's all about hearing, hearing that sound. He shouts out, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen to this. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're going to break out from where you are, there has to come a time in your life where you're going to be willing to put your desperation on display. There comes a time when whatever that you're believing for that you're putting your faith out there for, that thing now becomes bigger than everything that's around you. Because until your revelation becomes greater than your environment, you'll always live a life of containment. 
But once your revelation becomes greater than your environment and you quit being intimidated by the people and the environment around you, you begin to put your desperation on display and your desperation begins to rise up out of your spirit and you start to say, I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what's, what's going on around me. I've got to step out in faith because why? I refuse to stay here. And let, let me say this. Don't wait for the perfect circumstances to line up. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe in 2017, a lot of us, we just kept waiting for this perfect circumstance, everything to line. Once God just lines everything out for me, then I'm going to put my desperation on display. Then I'm going to step out in faith. Then I'm going to make a demand by faith. Listen, don't wait for the perfect circumstances to go after God. Don't wait for the things to look perfect for you to move forward. Look at the circumstances in this story. Right? Jesus, he, he's leaving the area. There was no faith. So he's leaving. Paya, he's out of town, right? And not only that, there's a multitude of people. Bartimaeus picks the worst time for him to make a demand by faith to go after his miracle because nothing is really lined up. In fact, it's the worst time. And I'm telling you, the worst time can be the best time. If you'll just step out in faith. Bartimaeus didn't pick the ideal circumstances to go after his miracle, to step into the new dimension of his life. Jesus was bothered. He was distracted by all the people that are around him. Yet, Bart refused to wait any longer. Right? He wasn't going to tolerate where he was any longer. He seized the moment of opportunity because Bart was saying to himself, I am not going to wait for the perfect circumstance because all my life I've been waiting for that and it's never happened. And me, let me tell you, it's never going to happen. And let me just tell you this, the moment it does all line up perfectly, something's going to happen at that moment to mess it up. Right? So quit waiting for the perfect circumstances. There's too many people this last year, maybe even being sitting in this room, you waited for everything to line up before you stepped out in faith and put your desperation on display. We wait before we get out of debt, before we start giving to God. It doesn't make any sense. And I want you to know, you're never going to get out of debt until you put God number one in your life. Right? People say, well, you don't understand, Pastor. Well, you know, we're going to be more faithful to the church once we get our marriage together and we get our finances together and everything just lines up. No, that's not how it works. You come to Jesus as you are. He says, bring it all to me. Bring everything that you got. Bring it all to me and I'll work a miracle. All I need is faith. All I need is faith, right? To activate your faith. See, God, God, God is here and he's speaking this today that there will never be a perfect circumstance. It doesn't matter if, if it doesn't look like or even feel like you should forgive that person. Forgive them. Stop waiting for the perfect circumstances. It doesn't matter if it looks like or you even feel like worshiping this morning. Right? I mean, you might say that, well, Pastor, you know, I'm really just going to go forward and move forward in my worship, but I just don't feel like I'm going to wait till I feel good. That's never going to happen. Right? Stop waiting for the ideal circumstance. If you refuse to stay where you are and you're ready to move forward, don't wait for the ideal circumstances in 2018. Be like Bartimaeus. Say, I I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm frustrated. I will not stay here any longer. I refuse to stay here. I'm moving forward. And the next point, number four, you must assume a responsibility for your own life. 
See, Bart has been waiting for years and years, and life has been passing him by. Talking about, I can't see. I wish somebody would just look and tell me when Jesus is coming. It's not my fault that I'm in this situation, right? Listen, I'm telling you, there is a victim's mentality, not in the world, in the church, in Christians that we have taken on. And I'm telling you, if you're going to get to where God wants you to go in 2018, you have to get to the point like Bartimaeus where you may be on the side of the road of life and things be passing you by, but when you hear that Jesus is coming, you do something, you take responsibility for your life, you step out in faith and you shout. Come on. You see, it tells me that it's not where you start out in life, it's where you end up, okay? This victim mentality that so many people have that, man, Pastor, you know, I just, you know, I guess I think 2017 will probably be like 2018 because I was just born in the wrong family. I was just born on the wrong side of the track, you know? That's why I got this cruddy job and everybody else has a good job. No, no, no. If you keep that mentality, yeah, 2018 is going to be the same way. But I'm telling you, there has to be something inside of you that says, no, 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 no longer a victim's mentality. I've decided to take responsibility for my life. Nobody's going to step up for me. I've got to step up for me. Nobody's going to do for me. I've got to do for me. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm just not that good of a person. Our family's never been that. No, no. God's not. Listen, we already said this. Everything's available to you. By grace, he's already made everything available. So there's nothing that you can do to make it available. It's time to take responsibility for your life. Now, I want to deal with something, this, this mentality for just a moment. Because there's also mentality... That, that Christians get and we become satisfied. We, can, we become satisfied. Well, you know, maybe you're not a person that 2017 was all too bad. So you're satisfied. But God never taught us to be satisfied. He taught us to be content. Right? I mean, Paul teaches us. He said things like this. I've learned to be content. Everybody say content. I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. He says, I know what it's to be in need. And I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned to, the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I was well-fed or whether I was hungry, whether, whether he says I was in plenty or whether I was in want. What that's talking about is you are just not getting mad at God and having a victim's mentality. You can be content in any situation, but he never said be satisfied. I'm going to say that again. He never said be satisfied. As Christians, we should never be satisfied where we are in life. Content, yes. Satisfied, no, because we can always grow. We can always have a better relationship in our marriage. We can always have a better relationship with our kids. We can always go to a new level financially, a new level in giving, a new level in forgiveness. We can always go to these new places. People tell me all the time, why are you so excited about 2018? You should be, ex you should be satisfied with, with what God's already done at, at the exchange. And Y'all got a new little building. You got a nice little group of people. Why don't you just be satisfied? Why do you want a, a bigger church with, with you know, bigger problems and, and all that stuff? And, and, and I've thought about it. 
Why? Why? Why should we? Why should we not be satisfied? It's because when I look around at this area, I'm, I'm from a small town. I've never seen so many people. And there's thousands upon thousands of people around here that don't know Jesus Christ, that aren't living in what's available for their life right now. And guys, it is a mandate on our lives not to be satisfied. We must move forward. We must take new ground. We must go further and do more. Amen? I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with where we're at. I'll refuse to stay here. There's too many people in this world that are waiting for somebody else to change their lives. Too many Christians who are just satisfied with where their walk is, is at with God and, and not willing to do anything about it. Couples that are not satisfied with a mundane marriage but won't do anything about it. There's so much more that God has for you. Please hear the sound coming from heaven this morning. There's so much more that God has for our church. And here's what I'm trying to say. No one can change you. I can't change you. Your spouse can't change you. Only you can change you. Quit blaming the government. Quit blaming the pastor. Well, if he just preached better, then I'd get, I'd, I'd get more smarter and I'd get you know, more mature and I'd just do more. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. It ain't about the pastor. It's about you. Why is it that we blame everybody else for our state in life? It's because we've been taught this as Americans. Yeah. Oh, oh, baby, it's not your fault. It's somebody else's fault. I remember when Caitlin and Kenzie were little kids playing with toys. I'd walk in the room. Kenzie takes the toy from Caitlin. Caitlin hit Kenzie in the face. <laughs> Kenzie start crying. Caitlin, why'd you do that? It was not my fault. And then she'd start crying. Well, why are you crying? Because you made me feel bad. You got on to me. Listen, nobody can make you feel anything without your permission. Yeah. We're not victims, okay? What happened is you just went to the feeling and the mood that somebody persuaded you to go to, right? So it's time for us in 2018 to take responsible for our feelings, to take responsible, take back responsibility for our own lives, for our own marriages, our own finances, and say, I refuse to stay here. Repeat after me. I have responsibility for my life. Come on, one more time. I have responsibility for my life. Well, I just don't get much out of church anymore. What did you put into it? It's the law of sowing and reaping. If you came and you didn't put in anything in worship, and then you're gripping about you didn't get anything, it's because you didn't take responsibility, you didn't sow anything, thus you're not reaping anything, and you're a fool for being mad about it. Right? If you come to church and you don't give anything in tithes and offerings, and then you're talking about, you know what, I just don't seem like I get anything out of my life spiritually, how many know that you're a fool for being mad because it's the law of you sow and then you reap? Right? It's time to take responsibility. And this is what Bartimaeus, for years and years, he did not take responsibility for his life. But one day, something inside of him, he heard a sound. Come on, somebody. He listened to that. He didn't just hear it, but he decided to respond to that sound. He decided to step out of faith. He decided to take responsibility for his own life. And listen, number five, write this down. Stop being concerned with the opinions of people. This is the next step. 
If you're going to go somewhere to a new dimension in your life in 2018, look at what happened to Bartimaeus. When he heard that Jesus was coming, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He's blind. He's sitting on the ground. He don't know where Jesus is. He just heard that he was coming. So he just starts screaming out. And what happens the first thing? Everybody looks at him. I believe even some of the disciples were like, hey, hey, shush, shush, shush. Hush, you, hush your mouth. We came here. There's no faith. We're going to the next town. Let me say this. Too many times in 2017, we were swayed by the opinion of man. And it limited us. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I know, I know from experience, there had to be some service that we had this last year. Sometime in a worship experience that we had where the band was up here worshiping and all of a sudden you felt something on the inside of you and you just felt like you had to do something that you'd never done before. Maybe you had never raised your hands before in worship. You felt like, I need to do that right now. Or maybe there was just a, you didn't, there wasn't even like a, a words to put to it. You, I just need to release a shout. I just need to release. And all of a sudden a thought came to you. Why don't you just do that? And the very next thought that came to you is, what are people going to think? And at that moment, you were swayed by the opinions of man. I, I know what it's like. I, I, I remember what it was like to go to church for the first time years and years, and years ago. Almost 20 years ago when Lisa and I started going to church. We were newly married. We started going to church for the first time. And I can, I can remember being so excited about God and so excited about, about the new things that God was speaking to us and wanted to grow in our marriage. And, and all of a sudden, uh, my, my cruddy buddies started coming and speaking to me. Hey, man, we ain't seen you for a while, Kevin. Where you been? What you talking about? You're going to church now. Hey, man, that's crazy. We don't go to church, man. What are you talking about? You're giving your money to that church. You know all those churches, all they want is money. And all of a sudden, I started to be swayed by the opinions of man. You know what? Why am I giving my money to that church? All, this, all, all, all of a sudden, where I was moving the direction that God had me, the opinions of man. Listen, let me ask you this morning. Whose opinion means more to you? Is it what God says about you or what people says about you? That's not an easy question to, to answer. It's not. Because you will be in 2018 put in many circumstances just like Bartimaeus was. But this day Bartimaeus says, I will no longer be influenced by the opinions of man. You know, Maybe, maybe, you know, he's blind. And they say, sure, sure, sure. Maybe it was Peter. Hey, 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 you shush your mouth. And Bartimaeus said, Peter, come here, come here, come here. Is that you, Peter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here, I got to tell you something. Jesus! Have mercy on me, son of David. Right? I don't care what you think, Peter. Everybody else that would walk by him and some would give money and some wouldn't. They're telling him to shut up. Right? I don't care what you think about me because I'm sick and tired of tolerating where I've been in my life. I refuse to stay here. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Which leads me to the last point. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here and help me close.
in 2018, if you're going to move from, from where you're at right now to the next dimension in whatever area of your life, you're going to have to do something bold. Look at your neighbor and say, do something bold. It's very interesting to me what Bartimaeus does in this passage. Okay, think, think with me for just a second, the scene. Jesus has come to Jericho. There's no faith there. Nothing happens. That's crazy to me, but it happened. Nothing happened. He's leaving the area, and there's all these people following him, this entourage. There's a blind man. He's sitting on the road. He's not standing like me. He's sitting. He's blind. He cannot see. He hears, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Hush, shush, shut your mouth. You be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible says that Jesus stood still. He stopped. Jesus heard a sound. He says, bring him to me. Y'all go get him and bring him to me. Now everybody's his friend. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. Listen, listen. The Bible says that he rose. He, he stood up from where he was. And this is the bold thing that he did. It says he took his garment and he threw it. Why is that so important, Pastor? It's because back in biblical days, what you wore identified you. What I mean by that? I mean, if I brought up here today a man in a uniform, had a badge right here, patches right here, a belt, a holster, and a gun, I wouldn't have to explain to you that this is a police officer. You just saw what he wore, and you identify him as a police officer. In biblical days, blind people didn't have sunglasses and wear, have a cane walking around like this. They wore blind man's clothes. The government would issue them certain type of clothes that they wore so that if you were walking home and you saw somebody wearing blind man's clothes and it looked like they were lost, you would go and help them and help them find their way back to their home. Bartimaeus' whole life, he had been identified as not Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. He had been identified. That's blind, Bartimaeus. And the very thing that we look at him and may feel sorry for him, but brought him security because he knew as long as he wore these clothes, he would always get help. What a bold step of faith. I can't see, but I can hear. And I don't need these anymore. And he didn't fold them and set them down and say, if this doesn't work, I'll come back and put these on. It says he did something violent. 
through his old identity away from him. Get this. He rises. He throws his garment. I don't know if you noticed this. He's still blind. And so he starts to take a step of faith. Do you know how awkward this would be? Do you know how vulnerable? What's he following? He's following the the sound. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Oh, 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 oh. hey, you better watch out. You might look like a fool. You might trip and fall. It don't matter if I get healed. Let me tell you something. In 2018, when you step out in faith and you do something bold, it's going to feel so uncomfortable. It's going to be the most vulnerable thing that you've ever done. And it's going to be in front of everyone. This is what I hear God saying this morning. Too many of us have lived in a certain identity. You know, you've, you've maybe heard in, in centuries and centuries ago when somebody would commit a sin, they would put a scarlet letter on them. They'd make them wear a garment. And they were identified by what they did. Adultery. And they had to wear a scarlet A. And everywhere they went, everybody went, stay away from that person. They're an adulterer. I feel like God's saying to us that for too long, we have identified ourselves as our weaknesses and as our struggles and as our sins and as the things that we've fallen to. remember years ago I was pastoring a guy and I saw God have a great calling on his life and wanted to take him to a new level and he said I can't I can't do it and I said why he says because nobody can do something for God in a church and that was divorced he saw himself in this he identified himself in the, as this garment that had a big scarlet D on it and he was tainted and he could only get to so much because somehow, some way, God had told him that all things weren't available to him. You can only have this much because God has said that you're unclean. Is that true? It's time for some of you to take what you have identified yourself for 2017 and 2016 and 2015 and 2014 and you may feel completely vulnerable and you may feel like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but it's time for you to take a step of faith. It's time to stand up and take that garment and throw it off. I'm not going back to it. That's not who I am. Because I know who I am and I know whose I am. Stand to your feet this morning. What, what voice have you been listening to? What sound? Have you been listening to that voice that says, you can't, you can't, you can't? Have you been listening to that voice that says, oh man, in 2018, your marriage is still going to suck? Your finances are still going to be horrible. Why even, may, why even put your faith out there? Listen, that sound is not coming from heaven. 
There's a sound being released from heaven this morning saying, no, no, no. In 2018, you ain't never seen how awesome a marriage can be like the one that you're about to step into. There's a sound coming from heaven saying, get excited. In 2018, you haven't even entered into your mind where your finances are going to go. Hear the sound, but don't just hear it. Respond. Respond. It's not enough just to hear it. You got to step out of faith. You got to take responsibility for your life. Ain't nobody going to do for you. You got to do for yourself. Okay, everything is available. And I thank God that all things are available. I thank God that every spiritual blessing is available to us by grace. But now it's time for us to access it by faith. It's time to make a demand on it. How many here are with me this morning? Come on, raise your hand if you're with me. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, this, is, this, is a, this message is for me, Pastor. Yes. Yes, it's for me too. And this is, this is what I feel like we need to do this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Jared to come up here. He's going to grab a microphone. And as our lead pastor, I, I, just, I just want to say, come on up here, Pastor Jared. I just want to say I believe in this man of God. I believe in you, man. This is my pastor, okay? I believe in, in you. I believe in Shelly. I believe in your family. I believe this year is going to be the greatest year. I'm, I'm talking, we're about to move into things that we thought we could dream big. It's going to go above and beyond. And I want you as our pastor, can you just lead us in a prayer? Can, and, and actually, I would just like everybody, if you would, just get out of your seat and come up to the front. Right now, just get out of your seat. Just kind of come up to, let's all make a step of faith right now. Just kind of a symbolic step of faith. Listen, we're not going to get the snakes out and make you dance with snakes or anything crazy this morning, okay? We're just You're just saying, man, you're just getting out of, of your comfort zone. I mean, it may be uncomfortable, right? Just to make that step, just to come down here this morning. We're not going to make you sing a, a special, but I'm telling you, what we're about to do this year is going to be special, okay? And so, Pastor Jared, would you just lead us in a, in, a, in a prayer and all of us together let's don't just listen to him pray let's come together in agreement let's pray let's pray for our, let's take uh, responsibility for our own homes and our own lives and just come in agreement this morning Father right now God we step out we step out in a brand new day in a brand new moment God, this, this word that was given to us this morning, Father, we receive it. And, and we make a change right now. We make a declaration right now, God, that, that we're not staying here. We refuse to stay where we've been. We refuse to stay uh, stuck in the mud and stuck in the past, God. But, but we step out right now in faith, not even knowing what's about to happen to us. Not, ever, not even knowing uh, the, the next step that's going to be in front of us, Father. But we step right now in faith, trusting in you and believing in you and hoping that the, the plans that you have for us are about to manifest before our eyes. God, and that first step may not feel like much, and maybe the second step may not feel like much, God, but as long as we keep moving towards the sound, towards the voice, God, of your 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 calling on our lives, Lord, we know that you've got our, our, our the, the greatest 
promises in your hands. So Father, right now, we, we step out and we leave our identities in the past. God, we leave those negative things that the enemy's tried to put on us. Lord, all the doubt, all the frustration, all the fear, Lord, we bind that right now in Jesus' name. Satan, you're a liar, and you have absolutely no authority in this place. You have no authority in our marriages. You have no authority in our lives. You have no authority in our families. You have no authority in the workplace. So we bind you and cast you out because you're a non-issue. And so, Jesus, right now, we submit our lives to you, God. And we refuse to stay here. God, we're moving into a new dimension. We're going from faith to faith and from glory to glory, from hope to hope, God. We're rising above and beyond, and we're going places that we've never been before. God, our journey starts today. Each journey starts today right now, Jesus right now Jesus so I pray a very specific prayer over every marriage right now in this place I pray very specifically God that you you build up a wall of protection that the gates of hell cannot prevail against God I pray that every marriage in this place grows stronger than it's ever been that that we become more intimate and close than we've ever been that the the petty things that drive wedges between us they're gone the doubts and all those things are gone jesus god i pray over our finances right now in this place god as a as a house we need a financial blessing god and so i pray over every individual house jesus lord that the burden of finances be broken this year that this year be a, a year of of uh, breaking out of debt like never before Jesus God that the testimonies that come out of this house from each individual house will just set people free because they'll say that they'll see that you are our provider God you are Jehovah Jireh God every need every burden that that we've held on to that we've carried we release to you right now Jesus and in 2018, God, as the clock strikes midnight tonight, as we begin to step into a new day, a new era, a new year, God, Lord, this year will be a year of significance in our lives. This year will be a year of significance in this church. It'll be a year that we'll always look back to and, and, and say, you remember what happened in 2018? Wow. Wow because we refused to stay here. God, you brought us to this property for a reason. And it wasn't to just sit here and grow old and carry the same old, same old God, but it was to reach a community. And there are people right now that are outside of these four walls, they need us. And we refuse to stay here. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, you believe that? You believe that this morning?